All right, we're recording. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Zoom cast. Uh, we have Sarah back and Pastor DJ, of course, and I'm hello, Ryan Jakey. And this week we are going to have a special Halloween episode. Now, is, is it Halloween or Halloween? Um, interesting. I, I would say Halloween so that you understand that it's H-A-L-L-O-W as compared to hollow, like my head is mm -hmm. hollow, which would be H-O-L-L-O-W. But it probably has to do more with just your accent and where you, what do you say, you know? It's like saying, do we live in North Dakota, as my brother likes to say, or do we live in North Dakota? North Dakota. North Dakota. Hmm. Uh, is there no th is what you're saying and it's all one word just n-o-r-d nor dakota yeah, pretty, nor dakota or like bison compared to everyone else who says bison or um i used to live in washington state not washington no washington and washington washington sits above oregon not oregon so uh, yeah regional accents regional accents for sure sarah where are you at on it see i was i'm with dj i would say Halloween, but similar to like I always like over enunciate library because oh. like one of the things that just gets under my skin is when kids say library. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Library. Halloween. Yeah. I'm I'm Halloween as well, but I never even thought of it until uh um my wife Tabitha pointed it out to me that uh she says Halloween and I say Halloween. Boy, that is one, that's one subtle differentiation. Uh, is your marriage doing okay? It, we're fine. Uh, we're fine. Okay. All right. We good. celebrated 19 years yesterday. Congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, um, and you still like each other after 19 years, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we had a, we had a fun conversation earlier today, Sarah. Do you want me to tell the story or do you want to tell the story? I, I gave Sarah some, some, uh, uh, hey, if this happens, sort of uh, watch out advice earlier today. Yeah. So Go some wisdom from all of your, your adventures, huh? Yeah, well, more so uh, so that she has some perspective. So what do you say, Sarah? What's what's Ryan's life advice is always just set the bar low. Because <laughs> it can always exceed. However, be careful when you set that bar high because then it will be expected from there on out. Yeah, sure. it, it, it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, your your first day on the track team. You don't want to give it your all. Uh, you want to sandbag a little bit. Otherwise, next time you go out, they're going to, you know, <laughs> you know, it, it sounds like it takes a lot of work to keep from working. That uh, <laughs> sounds yeah. very tiring. <laughs> well, I, I just told Sarah, you know, if, if the you know, if, if she finds that that right guy and uh, uh you get to that first anniversary and it seems like that was sort of blah he's just making sure that you know every year he can sort of exceed expectations <laughs> setting the bar low that's there you go there you go uh Woo. yep too good so what uh well we have a we have a listener question should we get to that first or do you want to talk halloween first and get get the question at the end well i'm looking at, at sarah's screen and i'm just like boy it is halloweened up in her office uh 
not only I got an upgrade in uh, decor <laughs> and also room size. Mm -hmm. Wow. I've got prizes. <laughs> People just bring me gifts. No. That is something else. Well, and so um, let, let's talk about Halloween first and then we can get into the question because it's, right. it's that season. And um, I don't know if, if people are aware of this. I certainly wasn't. Um, in fact, it really hadn't touched my radar. I, I always thought that Halloween was just a fun holiday for kids where you got to dress up in costumes and get candy and it was kind of spooky. And, you know, nowadays I, I, I took my, my daughter Halloween costume shopping and we went to one of the Halloween stores that pop up at this time. And she was telling her sister about her experience shopping with her dad because I would walk around every corner and just be like, that's gross. That's gross. <laughs> Everything that's in here is gross. Inappropriate. And well, and, and, and it was, and I'm, and to me, I'm like, well, that's not what the spirit of Halloween is about, but because having looked into it, I didn't realize Halloween means all Hallows Eve mm -hmm. or the Holy evening. And it's, it's a very old Christian tradition. Hmm. Um, but you know, everything's so gross now that <laughs> We lose, lose the original intentionality of, of the holiday. So a little bit of, of history, if I can share. Halloween can, it goes back to like the seventh century in Europe. Um, and it, and it's, it was one of three big holidays, Christian festivals. And a holiday had to do with um, a meal, like, like, a, like a special meal, right? kind of like you know thanksgiving in the united states it's a special meal if you're american you celebrate thanksgiving you're probably gonna eat a turkey it, mm -hmm. well the festivals within um christianity prior to the reformation were often tied to a special meal and certain activities that are done and by by the um by 1080 a bunch of them were required in order to be considered Christian. It was like, hey, the church is having a party and you're gonna come, basically, <laughs> is, is how it, it came about. Mm -hmm. um, and, and All Hallows' Eve was one of those. It, it's, it's, the, it's the big celebration before the more important holiday, which was All Saints' Day on November 1st, okay? So to step back and to explain this, what would you say is the biggest holiday in the United States? Hmm. Uh, in terms of what commercial, what, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, what are the different holidays in the United States? I guess we can start there. Well, you got Christmas. We right? got Christmas right off the bat. You name Christmas, right? Yep. Um, what other holidays are there? Fourth of July. Fourth of July, Thanksgiving. Those are both about national identity. Mm -hmm. uh, Christmas has become part of of national identity but its origins are in christianity yeah okay it, uh, it's the celebration of christ's birth right and christmas is not just one day in christianity it's an entire season but the beginning of christmas day begins when is it midnight december 25th when does christmas the celebration of it actually begin hmm 
Well, if you're in Hobby Lobby, it starts about July 5th. <laughs> I'm well, okay with that. Well, it, it, also, ahead, it also depends on if you have one of the German chocolate uh, calendars where you open the door you know, sure. every day. What was that? Yeah, 25 days, right? It starts December 1st. Well, so it, it actually begins on Christmas Eve at sundown. Okay. And, and this, this speaks to its Hebrew origins, its, its Israel Jewish origins. Um, when does the next day begin in the Jewish weekly calendar? Do you know? The oh, next day? Saturdays. What's that? Saturday at like a certain time. So Saturday is the Sabbath for, um, uh, uh, according to, to the Jewish faith, correct? Yep. The day Saturday actually begins at sundown Friday evening. So okay. the origins of that thinking came into Christianity. And as Christianity developed, it had certain celebrations very early on. One of those was Christmas. Um, but the, the party, so to speak, celebrating the birth of Jesus begins on sundown the night before. So Christmas Eve mm -hmm. and then Christmas Day. Well, that pattern of a special evening prior to the important day is in all of the major Christian holidays in the United States. The one that goes beyond just an evening and day celebration is really the biggest Christian holiday, even though in the United States, it doesn't seem like it is. Do you know what the biggest Christian holiday is? Easter. Easter. And how long is, how, how, how big is the celebration for Easter? How long does it last? Gosh, uh, all, all, almost all week, right? Start, well. All yeah. week. Thursday. Yeah. Sunday through Sunday, and then you have the season of Easter that continues after that. Just like with after the big Christmas celebration, you have the season of Christmas that follows. Yep. In medieval times, the three big holidays was Easter was the biggie. In importance was Easter. In lowest importance was Christmas. And in between the two was All Hallow Tide or All Saints Day. And what happens on that day is it's a celebration and a remembrance of all of the saints who've gone to, who've overcome death. Mm -hmm. And so in between, and, and there's a bit of like uh, competition between the church and pagan religions as Christianity moved through into Western Europe from like 500 to 1500 AD. But by the time of um, uh, the standardizing of Halloween, um, all of Europe had been Christianized mm -hmm. for, for centuries by this point. And so you have this celebration, which is really about celebrating life over death with Halloween. Uh, you have a mocking of the powers of death and the devil through wearing costumes that, that make fun of the authority and power of scary things mm -hmm. over our lives. You have um, the sharing of, of cakes and candies and making kind of a, a lampooning celebration with children dressing up as spooky things or whatnot and trick-or-treating. 
And what is, that does is it takes away the power of death and evil and the demonic and makes fun of it. Mm-hmm. Because what happens on All Saints Day is death is, is destroyed and overcome because Christ is risen and therefore all the saints are risen as well. So in the church, we celebrate on November 1st, All Saints Day, but it really is tied in conjunction with All Hallows' Eve that begins the night before, just as Christmas Eve is tied into Christmas Day, mm-hmm. and the entire passion narrative all week long is tied into and reaches its culmination on Easter Sunday. Yeah. You following what I'm saying with all that? Mm-hmm. So I'm looking back behind Sarah at some of the like symbols and whatnot of, of the different like Halloweeny things. We got, you know, spooky on the wall and, and you have ghosts and bats, pumpkins and bats. Um, And all those things are meant to um, lampoon the power of sin, death and the devil. Hmm. Like, look at, look at the, the ghosts. Are those scary to anybody? Sarah, you, uh, I don't know if I, I messed up the recording last week. So, so no, well, and the jack-o'-lanterns, there's, there's a Celtic tradition about jack-o'-lanterns uh, like housing the souls of the dead until they go on to their next, you know, whatever. And so in carving into pumpkins a jack-o'-lantern and then putting a candle in it and making it into a children's activity, is that something that celebrates the demonic or is it something that lampoons the power of such things? It serves to lampoon it. There's nothing scary about about those carved pumpkins that I see on, on the black, you know, whatever it may be. Even the the imagery of the bats, which don't really have a Christian location, that has that goes more more into like folklore of animals that were thought to be um, evil in some way, wolves and bats and rats and black cats and pretty much anything that has an at in it, it seems is, is considered evil or something. The imagery of it used on Halloween is meant to lampoon superstition and the fear of all those things so that your faith rests in Jesus Christ and not in all of these superstitious mumbo jumbo that was um, in, in the uh, folklore of all kinds of different cultures. Mm-hmm. So in many ways, Halloween itself is a war on superstition and false belief and taking the power out of it um, so that your hope would rest not in these scary, mysterious, um, earthly, demonic powers, but that it would, your hope would rest in Jesus Christ who brings resurrection to the dead mm-hmm. rather yeah. than fearing the dead. Now, um... Halloween is also Refor- Reformation Day, correct? The 31st? It is. Yeah, on October 31st, 1517, that's when the um, Lutheran Reformation and, and ultimately the Protestant Reformation point to its, its birthplace. It's when mm-hmm. Martin Luther uh, took and wrote down 95 theses or 95 statements to debate within the church intelligentsia theologians. I mean, he was a college professor after all. Um, And he took them and he nailed them to the town billboard. Um, Nowadays, that town billboard would be like what? Gas stations. You go to the billboard and you put up a poster of 
come see this rock band. Yeah, and or, then and then you'd have and then you'd have one of those tear off things with the right. phone number. Luther just had this long slip of paper and written in Latin were these 95 theses that was intended to just be a place for debate amongst his colleagues, excuse me, in Wittenberg. His students take it off the wall, take it off the, it, he, nailed, he, he nailed it to the, the, the church door, which was like the, build, the you know, bulletin board for the town. Mm -hmm. His students took it off read it and were just like everyone needs to read this and so they went and it would be like someone today taking something off of a bulletin board and then typing in on the internet you know on facebook and and twitter social media hey come come to this concert mm -hmm. they went to the technology of their day uh, here you have you know 20 something students leading the way in in, in technological revolution they go to the printing press with Luther's handwritten document and have it uh, copied and copied and copied and disseminated all over Europe. And it's what caused uh, what we know today as the Reformation. And it started on October 31st, 1517, over 500 years ago. So for Lutherans especially, I'm sorry, I got light behind me. I hope it's not bothering the recording. I can turn a little bit. Um, on October 31st, for Lutherans especially, we recognize and celebrate the birth of the Reformation. And we do it in a couple ways. Um, you know, we're, we're Americans as well, and we do all the Halloween-y stuff. But we mm -hmm. also, in church, usually it's the closest Sunday. Usually it's before October 31st, but it's the closest Sunday. We recognize the Reformation. We sing like, a mighty fortress is our God. Uh, <laughs> Yep. And often uh, there are churches that will have confirmation services on Reformation Sunday. And that's for our youth who've been catechized in the faith, uh, you know, grown up in the church. They will come forward and give their basically public commitment of faith in mm -hmm. Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior on Reformation Sunday. Yeah. That's... Uh... That's interesting. So like with a lot of things, it, uh, Halloween started as a, a Christian holiday and then it sort of got commercialized. And uh, now we have, uh, we have trick or treating and candy and costumes and, and all sorts of what's that? When you look into the history of these things and you take money out of it, it's interesting how, how many of the practices um, from Halloween and, and Halloween came to the United States really through Scottish and Irish immigrants. Mm -hmm. um, but, but the practices that we have have Christian roots, like the dressing up in costumes comes from this thing called, um, I believe it's called the dance macabre which was like a, an early Halloween celebration that was practiced in France. Um, and it had to do with dressing up in costumes and lamb, lampooning the power of superstitious, fearful, scary things. Um, I, think of, I think of, when I think of that stuff, I, you know, it, it, it would be ghosts and goblins, but it would just be, it, it's, it's morphed into a time of, of kind of fun uh, dress up costumes and stuff it, it was never like the gross kind of stuff that you see 
today. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, you know, what's more, what's so scary about a devil who's bright red with goofy horns and a, and a curvy tail? There's nothing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's mocking that, but you know, what's so scary about a, about a, a, a witch when you see that they got, you know, uh, mo- uh, warts on the end of their nose and yep. are just, you know, yeah. old ladies that have big hats and they carry around a broom with them. What's so scary about that? Right. That was the original intention. Or even yeah. ghosts to say that, you know, ghosts have no power over you because the one who, who um, takes care of the saints raises from dead from death the souls of those who are saved so there's nothing to fear about all this stuff um the the more modern interpretation of that is if you think about it and i'm I'm sure it was scary in its time but think about like the universal studios monsters like Mm -hmm. the original dracula blah 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 and and uh you know i do not say blah 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 i do not say blah 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 you know or the Wolfman, or the Mummy. I mean, uh, or even Frankenstein's monster. The 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 Gothic um, horror literature that that came from is far scarier than what those things have become and have been associated with Halloween. Mm-hmm. Like Halloween has always been there to demythologize and mock those things that go bump in the night that, sc- that scare us inwardly or scare children naturally. Uh, the fear of darkness, the fear of something under your bed, in your closet. Halloween is there to demythologize and take away the power of that fear. And right. that has Christian roots. Um, Sarah, you were going to say something a minute ago. Was it? I don't remember. Oh, I thought it was about candy or something. I can't remember. Maybe not. Well, and they would call it would you would go door to door and you would get soul cakes. That's what they called them. It wasn't candy like we have today. I mean, gotta love America. We take a great idea and make it even better with candy and, you know, sending spending of money. Um, All those the, the original trick or treat gift is you would go to your neighbor's door and they would give you what are called soul cakes, which was like a little biscuit or like a, a sweet bread that would be given so yeah huh. now it's snickers bars and reese's peanut butter cups individually <laughs> wrapped individually wrapped yep that's funny um so sarah and i have had this debate over and over again about what well, dj i'll start with you what's your favorite halloween candy reese's peanut butter cups reese's peanut butter cups mm-hmm Sarah? It's also my favorite Christmas candy, and it's also my favorite Easter candy, and it's also my favorite Fourth of July candy, Reese's. It's Reese's in different forms. My daughter's name is Reese, for crying out loud. Are you seeing a pattern? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Hold on. Did that come through? It wasn't yep. on my end. <laughs> it wasn't supposed to play yet. Hang on a second. Oh. This uh this, this is uh this is where I'm at. Uh hang on just a second. Oh, you're gonna hate on candy corn. Ready? 
June is spooky scary monsters all month long only on Noggin. complete agreement with uh that that fine fine uh what was that a, a public announcement psa is that what that was it, it could it could be that was actually uh, uh moose and z from noggin uh, i think it was on nickelodeon i don't know e eli watched that a lot when uh, okay. he watched that um i think it was i can't remember the name of that those guys i think were sort of like the the uh, member of the Saturday morning cartoons uh, after these messages will be right back. That's yes. Bruce and Z. Yeah. I thought they sounded familiar. Okay. But I get the sense that Sarah, you are a fan of the candy corn. You know, for everybody who says that they don't like candy corn, I only just have two responses. One is grow up. Two is you're just not eating it right. You have to eat it with peanuts and hot tamales. Hmm. put it in a big old mix and then it tastes like salted nut roll or like if you're like me and don't really like super spicy things it makes it so you can eat hot tamales so i gotta say i had forgotten about that and you just hit me with a wave of nostalgia yeah that i don't think i've had it like that since i was in grade school because mm -hmm. i do not like candy corn but now as soon as you said that i'm like oh i remember that I like candy corn yeah see you just have to eat it right. Wow, my brain is. You're wrong. <laughs> Unfortunately, you're wrong, Sarah. Well, agree to disagree, Ryan. You can have the peeps. I'll take the candy corn. I'm not having any peeps either. Sorry. <laughs> you know what? I got. But I, I'm with you on this, Ryan. I think uh, by themselves, all of the cheapest of candies of the holidays are not good like i yeah. i don't i don't like candy corn i don't like the little chalky valentine hearts oh, you don't like those either huh no i'm not a big fan of the peeps um i'm trying to think what is it candy canes i don't mind candy canes They're candy okay. canes are all right but like the christmas candies are are you know the the hard christmas candies that i'm talking about mm -hmm. uh, uh no i guess <laughs> yeah yeah they're not good either you don't like ribbon candy? No, they are ribbon candy. There you go. No. Oh. I think we're like, I, I, I think we're offending Sarah. I, like, she's like, I thought you were better people. And I'm just. I, I thought we were all like on the same page here. Like, <laughs> that's like the best thing of like Christmas is the paper bag that's got peanuts in it. And then like random marshmallows and ribbon candy in it. Mm. Nope. Wrong again. Yeah. Haters gonna hate. In the words so, of Taylor Swift. Uh, um, my 
my kids um, don't have. Eli used to go out for uh, to, for trick or treating, um, but Haley has never ever liked it. She's like to just hang out at home and hand out to the kids coming by. DJ, where are your your kids at? Do they do they still go? Uh, Addie doesn't. Reese is at the point where if she does go, this would be her last year. Uh, and Dylan, Dylan's in his prime. Uh, you know, just, just <laughs> last year was the first year really that I got. Two years ago, I took him trick or treating. We were still in North Carolina. The first house, he walked up to the door, looked at the person who opened the door, basically went nope, and turned around and walked. <laughs> and I had, and it was, and and so. I ended up picking him up and walking back over there and he's in a little, you know, red power Rangers costume. That was his costume that year. Yeah. And, uh, um, basically said, okay, Dylan, this is, this, this is your neighbor. You know, your neighbor, this is what we say to them. We say trick or treat. So I got him to kind of mumble trick or treat and he had his little pumpkin, uh, jack-o'-lantern. Right. Yep. And they gave him candy. And as soon as he realized what the transaction entailed, he was off to the races. I couldn't tell him. He was down and running to the next house because he's like, wait, wait, wait. I get to do this with everybody? I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah. Just this once? Uh, once a year? Uh-huh, yep. So, I mean, he was, he was gone. And we, we filled up his bucket to the brim and it was ready to overflow. And that's when I had to cut him off. I, I'm like, that's my limit. Yep. This bucket. And, and so we went home and he slept with a smile on his face having discovered the joy of, of trick-or-treating. Hmm. So, so like I said, Haley has never, ever liked trick-or-treating. The, the first year, she was born in October, so she didn't go, obviously, that year. So the next year, when she was a year and a few weeks old or whatever it was, Tabitha bought her this nice um, butterfly princess costume, and it had wings on it. Mm -hmm. and you think she, it it was pretty much a black shirt black pants and then these wings and do you think she'd wear the wings no way nope not it. wearing them not wearing them so we uh i was we we're like what are we going to do because at that time uh where tabitha worked it was in a nursing home and all the residents there wanted to hand out candy to all the kids they just loved it so we were heading over there like, I don't know what to do. She won't put the wings on. There's no way we're getting them on her. So on the way over there, we stopped at a store and I bought her a black beanie and she yeah. was a robber that year. Without, nice. Without knowing that she was a robber. And then uh, Eli, he always loved it. I mean, he had all kinds of different costumes, but forever he wanted to be, uh, remember the movie Scream? Sarah, this might've been before 95. But uh they they you know the the long ghost mask, screen yeah. mask they made a like a bloody one you know we're talking about all the gross stuff yeah and for years he wanted that and for years we said no you don't need to go for that as halloween you ever go go on halloween as that and every year you know his friends are getting older and they're getting the gross costumes and he wants it and i want this bloody scream costume nope 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 finally fine break down get him the bloody stream costume mm -hmm. puts it on went to one house and he got there and there was little kids there 
and the little kid saw him and screamed at the top of his lungs and took off running. And Eli comes back and says, nope, I'm done. <laughs> so, and I got that's one cause, more. That's because he's a man of virtue and character right yep. there. Yep, exactly. I got one more quick one too. And this goes back to Sarah setting that bar low. Mm -hmm. So Tabitha and I started dating uh, I think, I think in October, but we were friends for many, many years before we started dating. And so I had an apartment out in Castleton and, um, she would come over and visit and, and like, she used to drink Mountain Dew. Now she might still a little bit, but loved Mountain Dew. And so she brought a, a 12 pack of it and left it in my fridge. And so I'm at home on Halloween and not even thinking, you know, I don't have kids. And all of a sudden, my apartment door, knock, knock, knock. I go over there. Oh, no. It's a Halloween. These kids trick or treat, and I don't have candy, you know. Well. And all those Mountain Dews, didn't you? The only sweets I had in the house were was about 11 Mountain Dews in a box. So I went over there, grabbed two of them, one to each kid. And that spread like wildfire. There was no texting at the time, but every kid in Castleton knew that that apartment was handing out Mountain Dew. And uh, unfortunately, next time she came to visit, I had forgotten to replace that Mountain Dew. <laughs> Man. But You'd become you the, uh, the, the dropping off point to refresh themselves with a little sugar and caffeine to keep mm -hmm. going all night long. Yeah, if I was if I was thinking, I would have shut the light off sooner. I I turned all the lights off. I sank way low and on my couch so nobody could Close see the through drapes. the window. What's that? Close the drapes. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, well, our set low, Sarah. Yeah, right. This year <laughs> might be different in that um, maybe it's wearing your costume, and you know, hopefully people will will bingo on Wednesday spooktacular bingo that's what sarah's got going on um but i wonder if like if people are going to trick-or-treat this year or if it's just going to be staying at home and eating candy that you purchased and watching a spooky movie with your family maybe i don't um well my kids are not doing that anymore but i don't uh i don't think we're going to leave our light on you know that's the rule right if you're like right light is on it's fair game i don't think we're going to have ours on this year yeah well and it, i wouldn't be surprised if like that's i haven't heard anything like i haven't heard like the state of north dakota or really any state saying we're we're banning halloween this year right but it just it it, it seems like that's the direction of yeah. it's unfortunate too because there's a lot of kids in our neighborhood um, I think we've had in the 70s and 80s for kids, you know, getting candy and, you know, so that's kind of a disappointment. Well, I will say that um, we, uh, we've been, we've had a lot of that too. Every neighborhood we lived in, there's a lot of kids, but just between us, I preferred it when few kids came because guess what kind of candy I would buy to hand out. Oh, I can only imagine wouldn't be all... Reese's peanut butter cups, would it? Reese's peanut butter cups. So then I would have a nice, I'd always have a smile on my face. I always buy one bag for myself that I keep to the side on Halloween. Okay. And maybe, maybe you mentioned this already. And if you did, I apologize. Is it the, the ones in the orange pack, the full size ones or the, the little ones? It's all good. 
Yeah, but I, I like I, the little ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't discriminate amongst them. And you know what they're really good on? S'mores. Yeah, that's true. See, I like the, I like the little ones better because I feel like they've got uh, a better chocolate to peanut butter ratio. Well, there you go. My problem with the little ones is I can eat one package of Reese's peanut butter cups and I'm, I'm good for a bit. If it's the little ones, mm -hmm. I'm eating nine or 10 of them. I'm eating mm -hmm. them on popcorn. Often. Yep. <laughs> yep. So. Well, uh, happy Halloween, everybody. I'll just, yeah. I'll just say that. And now that you've heard the Christian value of Halloween, understand that and go ahead and trick or treat to your heart's content without any heartburn, but be a, be a person of, of, integrity and virtue like uh like eli yeah don't go to be gross <laughs> <laughs> it's those life lessons mm -hmm. yep <laughs> so anything else on halloween any any other comments or no we've got a, uh um, i'm not sure when this recording is going to come out today it is today before 6 30 hopefully okay so at 6.30 tonight, we've got Boo Ingo, Halloween uh, bingo on Zoom. Spooktacular. Um, Spooktacular. Yeah. So if you're, if you're one of our uh, listeners who listens as soon as the episode drops, don't forget, tonight we got Boo Ingo. Get signed up, atonement.live. Yep. Got to be signed up to, have, to, to join, right? To get the uh, Zoom. Yeah. To get the link, yep. You got to be signed up, so... Okay, well, we got a question this week from a listener named Louise. Uh, this is, uh, I believe this is Louise's first time sending anything. So Louise, thank you for the question. Um, it, it, it is about Cain uh, from the book of Genesis. Mm -hmm. It says, when he was sent away and married, did he marry his sister or were there other people living in other places? Yeah, that's that's the big question, right? Um, so there, there's uh, two different answers that I'm going to give give to this. One that's based on the tradition of faith, and another one that's just pure speculation that does not discount or invalidate the Bible in any way. Okay, so what we're talking about is. Um, in the book of Genesis, we hear about the first two humans, Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve had two sons. And we, that's what we hear, that they had two sons um, named Cain and Abel. Then we hear that um, Adam and Eve also had other sons and daughters. But they're, they're not named except for one other son named Seth. I believe he's the only other one who's named. Mm -hmm. um, and... The story of Cain and Abel is that Cain and Abel um, come before the Lord and give offering. And Cain is a farmer, just like his dad before him. You know, Adam was a farmer. Cain's a farmer. Adam's name means land. And Cain, Cain means like favorite son. It's got, it's got this, this connotation that Cain's way more important than Abel. Um, and it's tied into the promise that God makes to Eve when she says, you will have a a your seed will crush the serpent's head cain's name seems to to speak about like this is the one we've been waiting for 
This is the son of man we've been waiting for in Cain. And Abel's name means like extra guy. So he's kind of like an afterthought. Abel is a shepherd. Cain is a farmer. So Cain follows in the family business of his father, Adam. Whereas um, basically Abel is like an entrepreneur going and doing something else, but carrying out the stewardship of creation that God gives to humans. Now it comes down to an offering is given and Cain gives an offering of his stuff, basically like a, like a grain offering. And Abel gives an offering of the best of his flock. And it says that God was pleased with Abel's, but not with Cain's. And we wonder, you know, reading that, well, what was so much better about Abel's offering than Cain's offering? It wasn't the offering that was the important part. It was the faith that was behind the offering that mattered. Okay. And so Cain gets angry because Abel's offering is accepted by the Lord, but Cain's is, is held not to the same special regard. And so God speaks to Cain and says, you know, if you give uh, what you have, will it not be respected or, you know, something along those lines, like, you know, have faith in me. Well, what ends up happening is Cain ends up in his jealousy and in his spite, murdering his brother, Abel. And then God calls Cain out on it. And Cain is said to be sent away and that he has this uh, mark placed on him so that no one would kill him. So there, it already presupposes that there are other people out there. And then the question comes because we hear about Cain's descendants, uh, who was his wife? Well, Martin Luther says that one of the daughters of Adam and Eve chose to be the wife of Cain and therefore not to um, bring an end to his lineage mm -hmm. that right now. And so our modern minds might be like, okay, first of all, ew, um, his sister, mm -hmm. but there's something to understand about history and prehistory prior to Noah. It seems like the, um, genetic predisposition if you want to want to put it that way of the biblical people was not as tight-lined as it was after noah and the ark which you know seems to make sense because you have a lot of time that's passed since the beginning and you have sin entering in and people's lifespans getting less and less and less and if you think about that on a genetic predisposition mutations are happening and Mutations always lead, lead to, does, mutations don't lead to good stuff. Mutations always seem to lead to bad stuff. Mm -hmm. And so you have like a diluting of the gene pool from the original source. And when you get down to um, the family of Noah, Noah's three sons have three wives. And it's interesting, I, I've heard this put, I, I, I need to do more research into it, but that there are like three genetic markers in every DNA code. And it just happens to be that there are three different genetic persons left after going down, down, down from Adam and Eve until the time of Noah. And, mm -hmm. then, it, and then it spreads out again. But everyone has these, three, these same three genetic markers, which means that everybody came from the same source. Mm -hmm. And even in our very Scandinavian 
uh, outward appearance of the three of us, in our DNA is the DNA genetic markers for anyone who is Asian or even black. It's, it's highly rare, but it's, it is within anyone's DNA code that your children end up having a different complexion or, or look because all humanity comes from the same source. Did you know that? No. Yes, it's, it's very rare, but it's not impossible for two Scandinavian people to have a child who is very dark in complexion with brown eyes and, and black hair because those are, those are all within our DNA. Just as um, complete albinism is also in everyone's DNA. So yes. something wow. to think about. <laughs> um, so, okay, so that's, that's one way to speak about it. That's the way that Luther spoke about it minus the gene genetic stuff because he didn't have that in his day. Mm -hmm. But there's another one, another way to look at this, um, and it's pure speculation. But the Bible allows for the possibility that Adam and Eve are not the first people. You ever heard of that before? So um, I was actually going to ask another question that this reminded me of, but since you went there already, I'll ask it now. Um, you hear a lot, um, and, and usually, uh, I don't think it, I've, I've heard uh, the name Lilith, Lilith before mm -hmm. in, in regard to the Bible and to actually being Adam's first wife. Mm -hmm. have, you, have you heard that before? I have, but it's not, it's not in the Bible. It actually comes right. from, from Jewish mysticism, if anything. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so it's not biblical. What, what I'm saying is there is an argument to be made that is purely based on the Bible that Adam and Eve were not the first two people. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. So in Genesis 1, mm -hmm. you hear in very poetic fashion the creation of everything. Mm -hmm. And the last line on day six says, and God created them male and female. And it repeats. Right? And it repeats. Male and female, he created them, right? Yep. Now, what tradition presupposes is that what's just been said in a poetic fashion is now zoomed into on the sixth day with the creation of the first man and first woman. Mm -hmm. If you separate those two out and say, okay, this is an event that happened, the, the six days or the six ages of creation, and then what happens next is God reveals himself to humanity by actually doing something with his creation. And he does form Adam and Eve with his own hands. We don't know how much time has gone by mm -hmm. since the first, if, if you take day to mean not one 24 hour day, but ages of creation, it's interesting how that lines up with theories about evolution. See, Evolution, the biggest problem with evolution uh, within a biblical narrative is not evolution per se, but the time that's necessary. And if you're, if you're saying, nope, it has to be six literal days, mm -hmm. um, then you have to reject the idea of creation happening over many, 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 many years. Mm -hmm. Whereas evolution, if it rejects and says, no, it has to be many, many, many years, that's where the, the problem happens is how long, what's the time frame in which God does these things? Right. So let's just presuppose that 
prior to Adam and Eve coming on, on the scene, that God has allowed humanity to develop over time, and death has been a natural consequence of evolution. Because in evolution, death is necessary. Mm-hmm. It, has, it has a purpose. Now, what happens is God now takes the best of his creation, made in his own image, Adam and Eve, and doesn't just speak them into existence, God forms them and breathes his own life into Adam and Eve. And it's from Adam and Eve that God plants paradise and sets up the possibility for this human creation that can perish to be able to survive death by eating the fruit of the tree of life, which is basically the promise of God's goodness being given to the, those that are made in his own image humans, right? Mm-hmm. God said, let us make them in our own image, male and female and created them. That's in Genesis one, yeah. Genesis two and four, God takes the best of his creation, Adam and Eve. And to Adam and Eve comes judgment, a testing. Will my creation be faithful to me and allow me to be the creator and them the creation? Mm-hmm. And thus from the beginning, overcome the consequence of death and live eternally. That's what happens in the garden. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is laid out and Adam and Eve choose death, sin, and wanting to be their own gods over being faithful and being the good creation they were meant to be. They wanted to be their own gods. And all of humanity then gets trapped in this corruption and therefore death becomes the consequence of sin rather than um, a penalty for sin after the fact. Mm-hmm. You understand the difference? Yeah. Like God was going to remove Adam and Eve and humanity from the consequence of death or from the, from the reality of death, but it ends up becoming a consequence because of sin. Uh, death remains the end all for a, a sinful humanity that's separated from God. And this judgment happens because Adam and Eve, the best of humanity fails mm-hmm. to be faithful. So the whole rest of the Bible is a sequence of God promising to redeem his broken creation, his broken humanity that is brought to completion in his son, Jesus Christ, who becomes the second Adam or the perfect, the creation that is without sin, that Mm -hmm. remains without sin, even in the face of death itself, and therefore overcomes death, which is the opposite of what happens to Adam and Eve. Are you following me that far? Yeah. That'll make sense? Yeah. Um, So then the last piece you have is, so who did Cain marry? Well, Cain married the descendant a, a woman of other peoples that are outside of the garden and God's chosen people. Uh, and what makes them chosen people is that God has revealed himself through his word and through his revelation to Adam and Eve and then their descendants. Mm-hmm. Whereas there's been a whole other grouping of people who do not know God to whom God is hidden from. Mm-hmm. And so uh, and this falls right in line with the revelation of scripture and how, how the church operates uh, throughout history. 
uh, it's all tied into God gives a word to a person and that person passes on that word and faithfulness to that word makes you in relationship with God. Unfaithfulness to that word keeps you separate from God. And so Cain is separated from God because of his sin and therefore just joins the rest of humanity that is not uh, children of God, basically. Mm-hmm. So that's the other answer. So yes, it's either a sister of Cain or yes, it's another person. <laughs> Those are really the only two possibilities. <laughs> yeah. and Luther then- said it's his sister. Um, I speculate on the other one. It's fine with me if it's his sister or not. If it's not, I have no problem. I don't have any heartburn over this idea that Adam and Eve are the ones who are judged. All of humanity is judged through Adam and Eve. But what becomes interesting is that everyone is descended from Adam and Eve because what happens at the flood? Everybody was wiped out. Everybody was wiped out except for who? Except for Noah and and, uh, his family. And his family. Now, what we don't know about Noah and his family is who were the parents? What was the lineage of Noah's son's daughters? Right. Don't know. But, but the line has come down to basically three. Yeah. I think uh, the, the other thing, and we talked about this um, a, a few weeks ago with Pastor Cross is... I'm sorry, Noah's son's wives. Did I say that right? I may have said Noah's son's daughters. Who are, who are the parents of Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, their wives who were also saved in the flood? Were they from the line of Adam and Eve or were they from the line of the rest of humanity? Yeah. That's kind of the big point I was trying to make there. <laughs> that's that's more that's more confusing than trying to figure out how Dell and I are related. Yeah, it, right, exactly. And we you know what a hard time we had with that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, we uh, just just to uh, follow up on that, I think it it kind of goes back to a couple of weeks ago when we were visiting with Pastor Cross and how the Earth was likely a lot different place prior to the flood. Yep. However, that looked. What I just shared with you, here are things that are incontrovertible that cannot be denied. One, that Adam and Eve are historic figures. And two, that the flood was an historic event. Yep. If you hold those two things to be um, unassailable fact, mm-hmm. then whether or not Adam and Eve are the first two persons to exist becomes irrelevant to the biblical witness and its truth. Right. So if what I just said seemed confusing, listen to it a couple more times mm-hmm. because it's necessary for the rest of the revelation of scripture, particularly the New Testament, where Paul says from Adam comes death. What I just said does not discount that, but makes clear that because of Adam, death becomes the natural consequence for sin because sin entered and death becomes the consequence for it. Yeah. Um, but also the uniting of all of humanity made in God's image with the line of Adam becomes that promise that all of modern humanity is descended from that is redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. So thank you, Louise, for that question. And if anyone else has any questions, hopefully we'll be back to our intro music pretty soon. And then uh, A... We'll have, we'll have that intro, and B, I won't screw up the website uh, addresses, um, but that podcast.net is one spot that you can submit questions to, um, 
And uh, it, Sarah, did you have anything or, or DJ, did you have anything else that you wanted to say following up on Louise's question? Louise, it's great to hear from you. We miss you. I know Louise personally. She is a fine, fine person who I care very much about. And I'm glad that she's listening. Cool. Excellent. All right. Um, uh, Sarah, uh, you, you, uh, you weren't here last week. Do you want to pray us out this week? Sure. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time to gather again and discuss the many things and many questions that come from this world that we live in. I thank you that we have you as a God, so we are able to lampoon and laugh at anything that tries to scare us in the night or tries to guide us away from you. We know that we can always come home to you and that we can know that we are safe and we are protected and we are loved because you are our God and you are in control overall. Lord, I want to just pray a blessing over anybody who is listening to this episode, not listening to this episode, listen to episodes in the past that they know your peace and your love and that if they don't, they have questions, they reach out or they find your truth. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 All right. Thank you everyone for joining us. Remember you can find us on the YouTube by searching Atonement Fargo. Uh, you can also visit us at atonement.live and atonementfargo.org. Sarah, I got those right. You did. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And join us again next week for another riveting episode of that podcast. <laughs>